Peter Kenny Jones. Actually, that was a stupid question. Who's the best manager, Rafa, Klopp, or Julier? Well, it's obviously Kenny, because your name's Peter Kenny Jones, which is the name on the cover of this book, Billy Little at 100, which is, as we speak and as this goes out, not out yet. It's published on November 8th. Yep, at nineteen at nineteen ninety nine. Oh, it's happy birthday for that. The twenty seven club beckons. Please don't. Um, yeah, please don't well, die. We're well, talking. Well. Have you found? Have you heard the news about Charlie Watts, the Rolling Stone drummer? No. No. Uh, he was ill, so he had to um, back out of the world tour that the Stones were going on, and it was announced about an hour ago that he's passed away. It's a shame. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, but then I, I then I thought, hang on, you're young. The Rolling Stones stopped being a going concern in about nineteen ninety seven. So they've been one of the big rock heritage acts and they've just lost their drummer. But as long as Mick and Keith go, someone once said, you don't see Mick Jagger on his own. You only see Mick Jagger with the rest of the Stones. It's very strange. So when you see Liverpool, I mean, in the third round of the Carabao Cup, you'll see a Liverpool team, but you won't see the Liverpool team. But does it matter? They're still wearing the shirts. No, definitely. You know, (laughs) I don't mind those games it's when they're away you know, unfortunately I don't to go many away games and take credits and stuff so when it's away and we went me and my dad went to MK Dons and then the last time fans could go like, no, I, don't, I don't mind you get to see a little glimpse of, of what the future is and as I say you know, I, I appreciate all these squad players that all these loudmouth fans on Twitter seem to hate you know I, I don't mind Oxley Chamberlain and Divock I quite like watching James Milner so it's good to see them playing you see Know what? Who deserves to get the call? But I think you know, these rounds of the couple are going to be massive for Curtis Jones, as you said before. And a big congratulations to the Ox because he's got a little baby. What's a what's a young Ox called? An Oxlet? I don't know. Cub? Yeah. Foal? I'm going to have to look that yeah, up. But um, that Alec Oxley Chamberlain has become a father uh, with her off of Little Mix, um, and he's kind of the forgotten man. Whenever you think of a Liverpool eleven, the Ox is not there because he's. Just got glass legs. Yeah, well, I think him and Naby Keita, it's just, I feel sorry for them because I do think both of them, yeah. if they if they had a run, they, they, no, they're both definitely good enough. And, you know, that, the form he was in before he got injured against Roma, he was unbelievable. And the goal he scored in City, and, you know, he's, he's someone who takes a chance. And as a shot, I really like him. And I said, I think he's similar to Naby Keita and that. It's just their fault as much as not being picked, is that, you know, to keep getting injured, they just haven't had a real run in the team. What's your Tiago view? Yeah, love him. When he first came in last year, we we, we signed him you know, the next Ballon d'Or winner, and then he had a period where he just seemed to want to get booked every game and try the stupid pass. But I think towards the end of last season, we had that run where we just had to keep winning to get Champions League, and he was pivotal in it. And I think when he came on at the weekend as well, he just he's just oozes class, doesn't he? You know, he's rolled his socks down, he looks boss, and he, he plays. He just yeah. think. Yeah, he knows what he's doing, so I'm happy. I, I do like him. I'm happy with him. Is Rafinha his twin? Yeah, de- well, definitely brothers. I think they are. I was actually looking at his father for side team before the season when he picked. He put De Gea in goal. He put his brother, and uh, he picked uh, like the Santos or something. He picked the worst five for side team. <laughs> Someone who's played for Barcelona and Bayern Munich, he'd think he'd have a much better team. Did he? Did he but pick yes. Mazzino? Mourinho is his dad. Oh, yeah, his dad's, yeah. No, I, saw, I, was, I was literally reading about him before. So he, he's, born in, he's born in Italy. Dad's Brazilian and he's uh, plays for Spain. Plays for Spain. And now he's in England. So 
he must have some stamps on his passport. Global football. I am conscious that we're, we're yet to really talk about Billy Little at 100. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the first half, but, you know, you've been on 600 podcasts. I want to give you a break. In all seriousness, which podcasts have you been on? We've mentioned the Liverpool Connection. Yeah. Um, I was, at the most recent one, I was on Cop On, where we just had a little chat. I was with a few artists and another writer there, which is quite good. I did um, a Brazilian one, Somos Liverpool, which I was the first international guest, and God knows how they're going to translate <laughs> me into Portuguese, but they, that's good luck with them to that one. And as you said, the Liverpool Connection one, um, I did Liverpool, the, yeah, Liverpool Transfer Room, did that one as well. And I was on the Anfield Rap as well, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the Anfield Rap's the big yeah. one. Uh, I spoke I to. Started with that, yeah. Gosh, so people should blurry well buy this book, Billy Little at a hundred. Uh, we're not going to go back to the fifties just yet because you, Peter Kenny Jones, have four letters after your name: B A M A. Um, you've written yeah. extensively about Harry Catterick and Bill Shankly and football in Liverpool in the sixties. But what was the thesis, and how long was it? I think it was time. It must have been about twenty, thirty thousand words, I think it was. And yeah, basically I was just I wanted to look at like a golden period in Merseyside football. So as much as I'm a massive Liverpool fan and I keep talking about Liverpool, I d I don't wanna pigeonhole myself in you know, being the Liverpool football historian. I do want to be a football historian. I know I think I feel like I sound a bit like Jamie Webster when he keep does all the boss nights and then goes I don't want to be known as a Liverpool fan, but um with that, I just thought, you know, Merseyside football, it's obviously a lot more accessible to me. And it was a period where both teams were good, which obviously helps. And that, you know, there's a lot of people allowed to talk about it. And it was, it was like my dad's era, but early for him and some of my uncles. And obviously my girlfriend, because she's an Everton fan, some of her, her uncles. And my uncle, who's also an Everton fan, helped. So it was just, it seemed like a good way of being able to speak to people who have been through it. It was just basically looking at how, for me, again, someone who you know, obviously appreciates football history, but just looking at it from the outside, do you think Bill Shankly, uh, he must be so much better than Harry Catterick, but they really were comparable, and the, the stuff that they both won and the period that Shankly went without winning a trophy was amazing. He went seven years without winning anything, and just think that would literally not never happen today if Pop went two years without winning something, people would start be after his back. So it was just looking at how... Both teams were successful, and you know, Everton were known as like the, the money team, the checkbook champions when they won the league and stuff like that. And how Shankly basically turned the club upside down. So I just thought it seemed like a good period to write about, and it was accessible, and yeah, it was, it was enjoyable to write about. Really, I think you should turn that into a book. I know Tony Evans, Tony Evans, has written his <laughs> Two Tribes book, which um, is more about what happened in the nineteen eighties, um, and obviously justice for the ninety seven. As it is now. Yeah. Are you involved in any um, writing about Hillsborough and about the campaign? No, I just, I'm not. You know, I, I'm against it. I just don't feel like it's my place. I know yeah. my, my dad, I think my mum, my dad, my auntie, and my uncle all went. And obviously, they, I think my dad had been with my uncle a couple of years before, and they, they went and said, you know, we're not standing there on that goal. It was just horrible last time, and they stood on the side and, mm. and watched it and stuff. I just think. I just don't think it's my place to write about anything like that. You know, I wrote something recently about high school and I really didn't enjoy putting it out because I just think the worst thing I want to do is upset anyone. Obviously, you know, I don't want to say anything that's wrong and say anything that, you know, would antagonise people. And right. I just think yes. it's that type of thing that it deserves to be remembered and respected, but I just don't, I don't, it's not something I personally want to delve into and you know, try and pick apart or anything. I just think it's, 
something that I'm best to leave alone, I think. Uh, well, I do hope that there's more uh, text on that era, the 70s and 80s, because when Saturday comes was the antidote to the hooliganism of the 70s. And it's a shame because Liverpool were all over. Was it 13 titles in 20 years, 70s and 80s? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, you never hear like anything. No one ever mentions it. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I remember watching on ITV. They had that one when um, when Britain dominated Europe, and you know those those seasons where you know the British sides, yeah. obviously a lot of the English teams and mainly Liverpool were just so successful. And obviously, because of what came with high school, and obviously, you know, from from my side, it seems more like they'll straw and I broke the donkey's back of years of you know fans just not. Basically, being terrible in the hooliganism, which deserved to lead to the ban. But the English and British football was was on top, wasn't it? It, it took a while for it to recover. But obviously, at that period in like the noughties and of late, there's been a lot of English teams in the, yeah. in the finals and stuff, hasn't there? So it's just yeah, it comes in phases and stuff. But yeah, definitely, that was a massive period for Liverpool and for oh. British football. And I've just had a thought: next year's going to be awful on Sky because it'll be 30 years of the Premier League. Cantona, Vieira, <sighs> Keane. Van Nistelrooy, Cleverson, Fabio Orrit, that's terrible. Yeah. That's it, but yeah. One thing my dad eats is that, you know, football starts in 92. <laughs> that's how I was, and I don't want to go on again, but pretty little, you know, he's someone who obviously has lost out with that because his records don't count anymore, do they? Because he doesn't do it yeah. in the 90s or since the turn of the millennium. I think it's it's desperately sad that money now rules, as it does in so many things in life. The the great Liverpool era of the Shankly... Uh, hang on, let me get this right. Shankly, Paisley, Fagan, Moran? Dalgleish? Well, yeah. Well, Moran was just a caretaker, wasn't he? But yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah, that's the boot room. And Jamie yeah, Carragher is... Yeah, Jamie yeah. Carragher and Steven Gerrard. I, I, I'm sure Gerrard and Gary Mack are just uh, placeholding while they're at <laughs> Rangers. Um, do you follow Rangers? Do you see what they're doing? Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've watched. I watched him a lot when he first went to them. Just when he wasn't doing well, it's not good to watch. It's just scares you because I just really want him to come and win everything. And, but when you watch them last year, they're obviously they're not like it's not how Klopp plays, is it? It's a lot more. He played. I think it would work well with how the referees have been the first couple of games of the season because they seem like very energetic and very high tempo and stuff, which you know is good to watch, but. It's worrying that um, I just really want him to do well because I remember watching the film that Gerard put out and he came in at the end. He's basically just saying how he felt like he'd let everyone down because of what happened in Chelsea when he slipped and that. And I just think it's written that he has to come back and win a league, and if he doesn't, yeah. I just think I'll be gutted. But just imagine how he'll feel if, if that doesn't happen. That, that, it just worry me. <laughs> and and mentioning Gerard, like Wayne Rooney, Roman Abramovich did try to convince him to sign. For Chelsea, when when you were reading all about this, because this was before social media, so it was just traditional press, like the Liverpool Echo, and I'm uh, we've got David Prentice in as part of the um, oh, yeah, yeah. Scouse Fortnight, of which this is part. I'm talking to Peter Kenny Jones, who's written a book called Billy Little at 100, which is out November the 8th. You can find it online. Buy from his own website. That's all I'll say about that. But the Gerard thing in the Chelsea... That was unsavoury. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, again, for me, it was, it was like 2004 or 5, wasn't it? It was all around Istanbul and that. And I was still in primary school, so I was still a bit removed from it a bit. But I think, looking at it, I remember watching on, on like Sky Sports News, I think it was when they had that 
the um, the shirt of his burning and stuff. It was it was um, it was a highly emotive time, wasn't it? I think like I certainly spoke about, hasn't he? I think he realised he could win ten, fifteen leagues, but realistically in his career, or he could stay with the the club he wanted, and obviously he didn't win that one, but he could win one more trophy and he could win in Istanbul, he could win a League Cup and it mean ten times the amount, which I think is what his family put across to him and I think he snapped out of it, I'll say, but yeah, he was definitely more convinced wasn't he? I think he was more than ready to go. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He doesn't need the money, uh, but he's motivated by other things. But what fascinates me about Gerard, look at the managers he played under. The aforementioned Houllier, rest in peace, um, and Rafa Benitez and Roy Hodgson and Jurgen Klopp, and at England, Svengor and Eriksson, and um, Fabio Capello. But from what I can tell, he's more of a Benitez-style um, tactician. Yeah, well, definitely. I think, you know, it's it's amazing when you listen to people like Gerard, um, Carragher, and Murphy, uh, how much of an impact Gerard really had. I think he's a bit of a forgotten man in Liverpool's history, and obviously he's recently passed away, which... I think helps realise to people, you know, how much of an impact he had on so many big players who went on to have massive careers, you know, with the club and away from it. But I think, yeah, just I think he's managed to tie them all together really well. And I think, I think Brendan Rodgers was a bit of a big impact on him as well because obviously he was, you know, Rose's famous dossier. He didn't need to get the job, and now I think if you want to look to someone as a young manager, which obviously what Gerard is, and coming in and trying to take control of a dressing room, and I'm sure he would have picked all of them together and. Those European days, and we've done quite well in the Europa League. And you just knew with, with Rafa, you'd you'd go away to it, go away to anywhere in Europe, and you'd hopefully wouldn't concede a goal. And if you won one nil, that was that was all you were ever going for. Nil nil was fine, and then take them back to Anfield, which I think, obviously, with the away goals, it changes a bit now. But I think mm. you know, if you do that in most European games, then you should be okay. And I obviously wish Liverpool well in the UEFA Champions League this year. We're talking before the groups have been drawn. AC Milan. Are- a potential match, which would be fun because they're in pot three because they're because yep. of their coefficiency. But no, the, what we need, we need domestic football to continue because obviously Jurgen Klopp would say, I want to walk, I want to knock United off the fucking perch. Wow. <laughs> I doubt, Klopp doesn't yeah. swear, which is why I stumbled over that swear word. Um, yeah, I think he doesn't realise he is bad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like wrestling. He doesn't like Burnley, uh, but more... <laughs> More laser. So, um, which matches are you going to in the next few weeks as we talk? What, what are the home games for Liverpool? Well, we've got Chelsea on Saturday, which okay. is, is massive, isn't it? And Six then points at the home, top. Home, home, oh, it's, it's just, I'm really looking forward to it. It's half seven, so it's going to be Anfield and the lights. It's going to be back. I think that the first one, the Burnley game, it was, it was emotional, I think, more than anything. I think that, that you never walk alone, it probably got me probably the most emotional I've ever been at the match, I think. Um, and just you know, the list of people they were saying who passed away, mm. and I just think, thinking of my family as well, it was it was just quite sad being there. But I think you know, to almost get that out of the way, we've done the first game now, now it's a massive game coming straight after, and it does feel like it's going to be a boss game. And I think we've got the Palace as the next home game after that. So we have that all on the horizon, which hopefully we can get. Just keep winning, just keep going at the top, I think. And you, you're, you've got four games in October. Man City at home, Super Sunday. Uh, lunchtime kick-off at the Vic. Liverpool don't do very well at the Vic. 
Um, but yeah, you should be fine. Uh, and then another Super Sunday. In fact, um, we're talking on the 24th of August. This will not go out until the third week of October. Do you know the game Super Sunday, the 24th of October? No, I'm scared of you. So is it, it'd be Everton United, I'm guessing. Old Trafford. Good luck. <sighs> yeah, but um, we never do well there. We never do well at Goodison, which is unfortunate. No, and, and I think Everton Liverpool is in, at the end of November. Nil, nil draw, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably, yes. at the moment. Just so that people people get out the ground alive. But yeah, the, the the rivalry between Manchester United and Liverpool. People talk about this City Chelsea. Yes, I too like to watch Abu Dhabi play Russia at football. But you play the Manchester United have the unbroken run of academy players. Um, set the academy set up in the fifties by the great Liverpool player Matt Busby. Uh, and Liverpool have got this, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, you've written a book about Billy Liddle. Um, what from the 50s still is maintained in Liverpool Football Club today as it approaches its 130th year in existence? Well, I think a massive thing is Anfield, isn't it, really? I think you can't ignore that. And I do think, obviously, again, I, I don't like trying to sound like a bitter racing against Everton, but I, I just don't think it's going to be a good move for them to go away from Goodison. I think it'll change quite a lot. I just think... What FSG have done, which I'm mean, doing a hell of a lot of stuff wrong, but they've, they've, they've done a lot of stuff right as well. I think just keeping all the Anfield's massive and, you know, to have that tangible bit of history, you know, my dad's saying every stand's changed since he's been there. Half the ground's got to have changed by the end of the season since I've been there. But as long as you stay in there, you still, it still feels the same. You can still take that history all the way back. And I think from the 50s, Fortunately, not a lot of there because they were doing very well. But Shankly took over. And I remember writing about it. You know, the the training before they got Melwood used to be running up and down the top. They'd have a, a gym underneath the main stand where they'd all do like boxing and stuff. And then they'd play on the pitch for about six months of the year before it turned into a bog and they couldn't use it anymore. So thankfully, it's all updated and changed a bit. But it's still the same ground. It's still the same cop, and it's still, you know. The history is still there of you know, what what went on to be achieved in the sixties, seventies, eighties. And when I when I last went to Anfield, um, that row of terraced houses was about to be knocked down so that they could expand the stadium. But I saw the yeah. Shankly gates, and it was obviously emotive because I went for the Hillsborough Memorial game, which is the only time anyone can get tickets if you're a citizen <laughs> to Liverpool. Uh, who was I telling? Uh, I was telling someone I watched Steve McManaman do a Rabona. I don't think, I'll never forget it. And Jan Mulby, who was about, who was like a hot air balloon, just sitting in, literally sitting in front of the defence. And I went to the game when Gerard actually came off the bench, fell over, uh, slipped, and uh, it got a laugh. So that's the scouse humour, making, making a laugh. But uh, Billy Little uh, at 100, um, one club man, like Jamie Carragher, like Steven Gerrard, played until 1960, well, 60 really. Because he only yeah. played once, um, but he had yeah, he had that fifteen-year career at Liverpool. Only three men have scored more goals for Liverpool. Could you name them? Oh, I'm not going to say Yep, and the other one from and a lot earlier, Gordon Hodgson. Gordon Hodgson. That's your next book. Oh, I don't know anything about Gordon that's Hodgson. It. Yeah, I, I feel like I've revised for this today. I was literally looking at the goal scoring chart two hours ago. So they come back. I've only played for Villa and Spurs. Oh, no, Villa and Leeds, which I thought was a bit of a mad one. Mm. But um, yeah, sorry, go on. Anyway. The, um, yes, um, and they're well ahead of whoever is now because Liverpool, obviously, are a selling club now. They're not the best team in the world uh, because 
Um, Man City are, unfortunately, because they're a project of Abu Dhabi. And big up Liverpool for, A, kicking Hicks and Gillette out the club. Billy Little would not have liked Hicks and Gillette. I don't think anyone liked Hicks and Gillette. <laughs> not even the families, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. It just it, it felt, and the, the, the £77 thing, and we're going to build a stadium. Oh. Well, where is it? Um, I would compare that if I'm allowed to compare them to a guy who said that the Brexit deal was oven ready and that the social care bill was definitely ready. And that was now 18, 21 months ago. Billy was part of the Liverpool team who did what in 1947? Won the first uh, post-war league title. Yeah, obviously that was a big one. And uh, they defeated Manchester United by a point. Yeah, that, that season, I've said a few times, I've never been so excited just reading and researching the first time. It was the most unbelievable season ever. They beat um, Wolves in the running, who were top of the league, and then Everton did them a big favour, also beating Wolves. They went all the way down to the last game of the season because of the long winter. It was two weeks after Liverpool's last game, and so they were all having to wait. It was during um, a Lancashire Cup final against Everton at Anfield. So all the fans were in the ground, basically just so they could see what the scores were. And obviously they, mm. did, they had it over the tannoy, but they had a little scoreboard in the corner. And they were watching the, um, were waiting for the Sheffield United result to come in. And um, yeah, they, they beat Stoke, and it was yeah, it, was just, it sounds like the maddest thing ever. They were saying it was hats everywhere, <laughs> like oh, arms yeah. everywhere when he finally won it. But yeah, it was an unbelievable season that. Limbs. Uh, and what was notable, because I, I looked at the, that season, 46-7, so 75 years uh, we're celebrating. Four away games. They finished the season with four away games. Yeah. So big up yeah. Liverpool for doing it in front of away fans. Yeah, and there was, yeah, that, that sounds, obviously it was, um, that Wolves game was huge. And unfortunately, Billy was out for a bit of it because he got picked for Great Britain. But um, they drew against already relegated Brentford. And obviously, it was, everyone was saying how Arsenal was the last game they played. I think it was the penultimate game was against Liverpool. And they were already down. And Liverpool had to win to you know, keep pushing to try and get the league. And they drew with them. So, you, know, you can say like the Palace game, it would have been similar feeling coming out of that one, you know, knowing that they, they'd done so much and nearly, nearly messed up at the last step. But thankfully, they managed to claw it back. And, get that win in the end. Yeah, Brian Glanville's obituary does say, in May 1947, Little was on the left wing for Great Britain against the rest of Europe, contributing to a 6-1 victory. Um, I, I guess we'll see pieces written about that in um, in May when the anniversary comes up. But who was in, who were in the teams? People we know? Yeah, well, yeah, well I, was, I think the, the rest of Europe team didn't have many household names, but I think... The main reason that these games are known, I think, is because Billy and Stanley Matthews played in both. So I've, um, I've tried to make a point, you know, saying that the main things people know about Billy Little is Liddlepool played for Liverpool for a long time, and he was, you know, the only player alongside Stanley Matthews who played for him. So I do do like a full breakdown of the squad because, you know, I think if you're going to give you know, such clout to this fact, then you should respect the others. But there were, you know, there were good players in there. There was Tommy Lawton, Wilf Mannion, Billy Steele. I think the only real Play you might know for the rest of Europe as Johnny Carey, who played for Man United in no. Ireland, but a lot yeah. of them were from all around, all around the world, obviously. <laughs> well, all around Europe, as the name suggests. But um, yeah, there was some good players. Obviously, it was quite generational because it was a long time. It was 47 was the first one, and 55 was the second one. So that was, that was the reason it was only Stanley Matthews and Billy Lizzo were there. But Jimmy McElroy, maybe in the yeah. second one, everyone knows, mm-hmm. Danny Bunchflower. John Charles, so it was definitely some 
some big players and yeah, for him to be amongst them whilst playing in the second division for Liverpool just shows you know, how well thought of he was and how good he was. Precisely, Liverpool relegated relegated in 1954 and stayed there. Uh, but Liddle yeah. won 29 Scotland caps. He scored at Wembley in a defeat against England, the 1951 side. England were, the year before, had gone to the World Cup and been embarrassed by America. Uh, and then it was two years before the Hungary game. So, um, looking at the Scotland caps, do you think he's one of Scotland's greatest ever players? Well, at, at that period, yeah, because it wasn't the international friendlies and, and obviously Scotland never made a tournament. Well, they did, but he never got taken to the tournament yeah. at that time. But it was it's a lot more farcical than he wasn't picked. It was the first one they refused to play, although they qualified because England beat them in the last game and they didn't think they were worthy of going. And the second one, they only brought 13 out of a possible 22 players who just left half a squad at home for like no reason. And he didn't acclimatise himself and had thick woolen kits on and, and the bacon sun. So they just, it was just a really mismanaged Scotland team. But for the amount of appearances he got for being not just a player who played in England, but played in the second division in England for a lot of his career, I think. It, it's astonishing, really. Definitely, his, his caps are right up there. When he, you know, when he stopped playing, he was definitely among some of the highest cap players. So, mm. yeah, definitely, he's one of Scottish great players, definitely as well. I've spoken to Jeff Goulding, whose book Red Odyssey, I imagine, goes big on Billy Little. You might even be quoting Jeff. And I've spoken to Kieran Smith, who collaborated with Jeff on the book The Untouchables. Yeah. Uh, and you can hear that in the football library. By the way, you get your football library laminated membership card with. Uh, oh. Do you want Billy or do you want Kenny on it? Very good. Yeah, you always get to pick uh, your player. Um, but uh, I asked Kieran where the medals were for all these untouchables. Where are Elisha Scott's championship medals? Where where are they? Uh, do you know who's got custody of the Billy Little? Um, well, for instance, the FA Cup losers medal from 1950. I'm pretty sure I've said it. I think it's in the Liverpool Museum still. I think the uh, the family of of Leicester uh, so it's in the it's in Anfield in the museum. I'm sure that's the one that's had it's in there. It's definitely one that it's either that one or the 47 league title. Definitely in there. Thank you for that. I'll go and have a look because yeah, you can go yeah. to the museum. Is there like a former player who does the tours of Anfield? I think you can get them. Yeah, I think on match day you used to do it. You got to pay a little bit more. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think we've done one or two of these. Like Phil Neal and Alan Kennedy always seem to be the ones knocking about David Fairclough. Good. All the ones who wear for LFC TV, I think. Oh, I <laughs> see. Side, yeah. oh, will you get an LFC TV spot to talk about this book, Billy Little at 100? Well, I'm trying my best, to, as you may have heard from that list, I'm trying my best to just, just get out there and speak to as many people as I can because it's my first book, so I don't know the way of doing it and how you get there. But obviously, I feel like if I just keep putting it on my Facebook and my Twitter, I feel like I'm just, you know, walking into a room and showing up the same people. So I'm just trying to get out there as much as I can. That'd be a dream. I think if you get Jamie Carragher to message his squillions of social media followers, I think that'll be the winner for you. Well, he has promised me. He said once it's out, he'll uh, put on his Instagram and his Twitter and that's all. I'm waiting until I I can actually physically hold one and then maybe try and get him to sign it. Yeah, good lad. Good, good, good. Raffle prize or something like that. So that's be thinking to all see what is happens. It Wigan? His son James is at Wigan. Yeah, yeah. I think he played in the, the League Cup in the end of the week. That was his first like first team appearance. Good. 
And we haven't even got time to talk about Alan Hansen. I don't know if you've read his book, A Matter of Opinion, which is one of the first footballers' memoirs I actually read. I remember it being in Boston. I was about 14, and I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, I, again, I, remember, I, I looked at it again when I went to speak to him. I was, well, when he agreed to speak to him, uh, I did send quite a lot of letters out. But once he was up on it, I did have a little glance at it again in case he brought it in up. But yeah, because I'm in the cover. It's a bit cheesy, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that was a good book. The one thing I remember, apart from his love of golf, which is well documented, the scar. Do you know why he got the scar on his face? Oh, I do, but I forgot. It was what? a microwave door. Oh, nice. Smashed into it, uh, which you'd have to say is very, very bad defending. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, um, that's good, that one. Thank you so much. Um, now... <laughs> Your dad's sister, so your auntie, knew Billy yeah. Liddell's sister. Yeah, still does, yeah. Wonder, are they both still alive? Uh, yeah, Rena's still alive, yeah. So yeah, my auntie's still alive. Yeah. Rena's a good... Sorry, Rena, Billy's sister, is a good like, 20 years younger than him. So uh, that's why... Um, that's why, why she's still alive today. Obviously, you know, Billy would have been 100, so she's in her 80s now. Like, But um, yeah, still, still friends. Still, she still literally lives right by Anfield. Couldn't be much closer and Yes, she was a massive help with the book. I will have to knock on that door. Now, this isn't the first biography of Billy Liddell on the Wikipedia page. John Keith yes. wrote a book, yeah. The Legend Who Carried the Cop. Is it difficult yeah. when an existing biography is there? Yeah, um, and it might be a bit controversial. I, I, I haven't said it before, but I didn't really want to look at it. Like I, I tried to make a conscious effort not to, not to go into it because I didn't want to read something and then think, oh... I should have put that in, or, or I've copied. You know, I wanted to. I, that's it's called a family portrait of a Liverpool icon because I really wanted to make it be the voice of the fans, the voice of the people who knew him well. And I didn't want to, you know, to steal stuff. And I, I did speak to him and I asked if he wanted to be involved, and he just said he didn't have the time at the moment. But if he used any some insurance property credits, which you know I have, and anything I've come across there was through the book I wanted to make sure I definitely keep him credit for but I didn't want to be too heavily influenced by it I don't know whether that's the best idea or a bad idea we'll find out when you read it but I wanted to just you know go into it with an open mind of just what the people knew about him I don't want to do stats and facts I want to do people who actually went to match and people who actually spent time with them and just try and share their stories about them really I suppose it's like Guillaume Balaguet who's uh, written this post death memoir of the biography post-death memoir it's a biography who's written this biography of Diego Maradona we know Maradona we know everything about him but Guillaume is able not to libel the dead so maybe there'll be some new um, content and some new material there uh, but yeah, yes well, I think with, with, with John Key's book it was right after he, he passed away as well wasn't it I yeah. think obviously it was a, it's a good time to write it and obviously a lot of stuff was available for him then Yes, and some of the sources would have been there. But uh, the 10th of January 2022 is the centenary. Um, I'll send you a message and um, perhaps I can come up to Liverpool and go to Heighton and uh, see if we can find the Gerrards and get the Gerrard family to pose. Uh, But the book is Billy Little at 100. It's a family portrait of a Liverpool icon, which is priced 1999, released uh, next month, November 8th. Happy birthday for the 7th. Um, on pitch but there is a website if you type in Peter Kenny Jones you'll get a website buy it from there because you get more money and it means you can afford some of these away trips (laughs) to Europe are you going to go to Europe 
this season? Well, yeah, I've, um, the only ones I really wanted to go to was Porto because me and my friend went to that. I got meaty with the bloke who we had the Airbnb off, and he basically said, "Oh, if Porto draw Liverpool, um, I'll get you a ticket and you get me one." But I just said, "Yeah, no one. I had no chance of getting him one." But I just thought I'd sign up for it. But uh, he literally got us a ticket. Me and my dad went. It was that um, it's when Salah scored. It was like four one or four 0 We beat them and um, he, and then he said, oh, I, "I can't really afford to come over to Liverpool, so don't worry about the ticket." So Aww. I just asked him what's good. So I did, I did well, but yeah, it was. It was good. It was, it was on Valentine's Day. Very nice. Well, you know what you're going to have to do. If you're going to, if you're going to pay him back, why not pay him back with Billy Little at one hundred? Because <laughs> you yeah. da- actually, I'll just finish by saying, pitch allows you yeah. to buy some of your own stock and sell it yourself. So, how many books yeah. have you, or will you have, under your bed? Hundreds. It'll just be the bed. Yeah, just the bed. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, so I've, got, I've got a little order ready, so yeah, hopefully keep building it up, and then I've got a few more on top, so I can just keep keep selling them. Hopefully, fantastic. Well, best of luck with that. And uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool, as this goes out, is on this weekend. Unless, of course, the game is abandoned because of crowd trouble outside the ground. Yeah, not by us. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> 